You're listening to the Vineyard Milwaukee podcast. For more information about Vineyard Milwaukee Church, visit vineyardmilwaukee.com. Now here's this week's message. Good morning, Vineyard Milwaukee. Thanks for tuning in and spending some time with us this morning. I'm really glad to be here with you and miss seeing you. And I hope you're hanging in there and finding ways to stay encouraged and stay connected with each other. So I just want to dive in this morning and um, share a little bit from my personal life. Um, I just, I wonder if you've ever struggled with uh, a thought that turned into a belief that just wasn't true. I know for most of my life, all the way up into my adulthood, I struggled with this belief that God was mad at me. I often just felt like he was mad at me. And I think part of my brain knew that wasn't true. I knew theologically that wasn't true, but so much of my brain uh, had adopted that thought as something that was true. And it kind of took root and clouded my experiences with God. It clouded the way I saw God and the way I saw myself. And so I would often wrestle with that at different points in my life. And eventually, by the grace of God, through the transforming work of the Holy Spirit in my life, eventually that uh, belief that is not true was ripped up by its roots and removed. And the truth that I'm fully accepted and loved, that nothing can separate me from the love of God, eventually was sown in and, and took root in its place in my spirit and uh, set me free from kind of the bondage of that lie that I had believed for so long. And I remember the day that I kind of became aware of this work in my life. I had been um, in my second year of training as a spiritual director, and I just come off a year where I had worked through the Ignatius exercises, and this was just a slow work. Uh, I'd worked through every day, and I met weekly with a spiritual director, and over the course of those nine months, God kind of did his final deep work in dealing with this lie that had been that had taken root in my life. And I remember when we were sharing debriefing with our cohort, uh, all that had happened in, in our time over those nine months. I remember when it was my turn to share, I was so overcome with emotion, I could barely speak. And I just remember saying, I finally believe that God is not mad at me. And that changed everything for me. And I wonder if you've had a belief like that, something that's kind of clouded your experience of God or, or gotten in the way of growing closer to him and experiencing his love in a more transformative way. Or maybe not that, but maybe you've struggled with other kinds of intrusive, pervasive thoughts that created anxiety in you. And, um, you know, have you ever kind of been in bondage to that, oh, shoulda, woulda, coulda? trap that we often find ourselves in. If only I had done this different, if only I had said that or made a different choice, my life would have turned out very different. And just kind of always struggling with regrets and those kinds of thoughts about what I could have done or should have done. Do you ever replay conversations in your head? I know I do that a lot. You've come off of like a social event or something or an experience with your family of origin and um, something was triggered in you and you find yourself just replaying old experiences or conversations in your head, like an old tape running, 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 and just leaving you in this kind of uh, place of bondage to an old wound. And you find yourself once again struggling with unforgiveness in your life. Or maybe some of you create, kind of have that worst case scenario. I know sometimes I struggle with that, with fears of 
of the possibilities of the unpredictable future. And so you create these possible worst case scenarios in your head that just leave you in a place of fear and anxiety. Or maybe you form your identity around a trial, a, a big trial that you, in your life or, or disease. And, uh, or maybe you struggle with just beating yourself up and you're not even conscious of it, but you find yourself in your own head making comments like, oh, you always screw this up or you're such an idiot. And these thoughts are just repeated so often that they become beliefs. And I think we can all relate to, to some of those on one level or, or another. But I, I, the reason we're talking about these today is because I think in the midst of this quarantine, this struggle with navigating our thought life has become rather acute lately. See, for so many of us, uh, different coping mechanisms that we had in place to kind of deal with unwanted anxiety-producing thoughts like busyness and working and social engagements, working out at the gym, running from this place to that, and just so much noise in our life that kind of blocked out those unwanted thoughts or just kind of kept them below the surface. Well, suddenly all those coping mechanisms have been stripped away. And in its place, for many of us, we have a lot less noise in our lives. Some of us are actually experiencing extended periods of silence and solitude. And in that quiet space, a lot of those unwanted thoughts can really begin to surface. And so for many of us, all of these thoughts are surfacing in ways maybe they haven't in a really long time. And we may find ourselves kind of overwhelmed by them. And so oftentimes, these kinds of thoughts can manifest in things like shame and depression, fear and control, unforgiveness. And so the reason we're talking about these is we're introducing a new series where we're going to be unpacking some of the ways that those th our thought life can manifest into feelings and behaviors. And so we're going to be unpacking over the next six weeks things like shame and fear and control and unforgiveness and addiction. And so today we're kind of focusing on the root of all of these experiences. And the root of that really is our thought life, what we choose to believe about ourselves and about God. And so these things can often be obstacles to our spiritual growth. So we're opening up this new series today, but we're going to focus today on the foundation of all of these struggles. And the, and the foundation of all of these struggles of things like fear and control and shame and unforgiveness and addiction and all of those things is navigating our thoughts what we choose to think about and believe to be true. So let's just take a minute and pray together, and then we'll just take a look at, at one part of, of Scripture today that we're really going to focus on. So God, I just thank you. Thank you for your love. I thank you for your generosity and your kindness. And I thank you for just this venue to connect with our church body. I thank you that, um, that we get to be together in spirit, and um, we we get to continue to love and serve each other and our community and our city. And so, Lord, I just pray you put power on this message and that you would just highlight something in each of our lives that you really want to speak into today. I pray that people would go away feeling hopeful and encouraged and just have a, a, a growing desire to be more deeply connected with you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So today we're going to be looking at Romans 8, verses 5 and 6. So I'm just going to read those for you today. It says, Those who live according to the flesh have their mind set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their mind set on what the Spirit desires. 
The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. And so just to kind of give you some context, uh, Paul is writing to, uh, to the Romans in this letter, and he's reminding the church in Romans, the followers of Jesus, to remember who they are, to remember that they are redeemed and restored by the substitutionary death of Jesus Christ on their behalf, and to think and feel and behave as the restored, redeemed humans that they are. And so when he says, those who live according to the flesh, when he's returning to the flesh, he's, he's referring to affections and desires that run contrary to God. And so he's making the point here that if you live in opposition to God, your mind is set on thoughts and desires that are hostile to God and contrary to what is actually true about him and what is actually true about you. See, we often think that our thought life is kind of neutral, that we don't really have control over our thoughts, that they're just random things that run around in our head and that they weren't actually subject to the fall. And that we can't control our thoughts and or really even should be held accountable for them. But Paul is saying here that just as our behaviors are often corrupt and broken, that these manifest from what we think and believe to be true. And quite honestly, our default setting in our fallen state is to have affections and desires that run contrary to God. As Paul says here, the mind governed by the flesh, which leads to death. The good news for, for us today is that for those of us that belong to Jesus, we have the Holy Spirit living in us and is renewing our mind, influencing our thoughts, making it possible to have a mind governed by the Spirit or led by the Spirit, which leads to life and peace. And I don't know about you, but that sounds really good to me, to have a mind that manifests as life and peace. And so when our mind is governed or led or influenced by the Spirit, our thoughts and our affections and desires and even demonic forces that are in opposition to the Spirit, that can often feel like death. If you've had that experience, it is a dark and overwhelming experience. And these hostile thoughts, they come from a variety of places. They come from our own bent and selfish and twisted desires and our own self-centeredness. And they might result from wounds, from words spoken against us, or deeply painful experiences in our past. And they come from the enemy. They come from spiritual strongholds in our life. If you talk to anyone who's ever struggled with suicidal thoughts, um, those kind of dark thoughts that lead you to believe that you don't matter, that your existence doesn't matter, that there's no point for life, that leave you utterly hopeless, those, those are demonic forces at work. And in all these things, all of these unwanted thoughts from various sources, the scripture makes clear the solution, and that is a mind governed by the Spirit. That's leading to life and peace. A little further in Paul's letter to the Romans, he says in Romans 12 too, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is his good, pleasing, and perfect will. He seems to be saying that this work of having our minds renewed, of discovering victory over these defeating, pervasive thoughts is a supernatural work of the Spirit in our lives. So, how do we cooperate 
with this transformative work of the Spirit in our lives. If He's the one governing our minds, when He takes up residency inside of us, then what's our part? Well, our part, quite simply, is just to continue what we started. So if indeed the Holy Spirit lives in us, that means that that's because we made the choice at some point to surrender to Him, to surrender our will, to surrender our ways, to surrender our agenda, to basically surrender our very life to Him. To say, you have your way instead of my way. And so we invited him to basically run the show, to govern our lives instead of us governing our own lives. But any of us who have done this, we know that this is an ongoing process, that this is the lifelong spiritual journey of constantly bending our wills to him. And so we have choices in our day-to-day life uh, to, to cooperate with the work of the Holy Spirit to allow him to lead in every aspect of our lives. And this always starts with our thoughts. So I just want to leave you with some really practical steps you can take on what it looks like to surrender and submit and cooperate with the Holy Spirit in our thought life and our day-to-day thought life. So here's three very practical steps we can take to align our thoughts and our desires and our affections with the Spirit. And I think the first step, number one, is just to become more aware of what you're thinking. Like I said earlier, many of us just let the thoughts go running wild in our brain and we don't take time to really stop and ask ourselves, I'm feeling anxious, I'm feeling all this stuff. What am I thinking? What am I believing right now that's creating these different feelings that are rising up? So it might help just to say it out loud, just to stop and say, I'm feeling nervous. Why? Well, it's because I think this is happening or going to happen. Sometimes it helps to journal it or it helps just to pray about it, just to say, God, I keep thinking about the stupid thing that I said at the party last night, or I'm constantly thinking about how my life would be different if I had married a different person or if I'd gotten a different job or, or, or I keep thinking about something bad that's going to happen to my kids or I'm such an idiot. I never do anything right. Just to actually say it out loud to God or to write it down. And then ask yourself in a very rational way, what is the root of this thought? If it doesn't lead to life and peace, then it's not coming from God. It's not governed by the spirit. So if you've determined, so number number one, we have become aware of our thoughts and we think about the root of it. Where does it come from? And so number two, if you are determined that the thoughts are stemming from the flesh, meaning they're stemming from a bent place inside of you, from your bent affections and desires, or maybe they're stemming from a wound. Maybe these come from ugly words that were spoken over you by your parents of origin or a teacher or a coach or someone in your past, or maybe it's stemming from a place of rejection from some kind of relationship from your past. Or maybe they're just ugly words that you've said to yourself over time and they've taken root and you've believed them. And they're contrary to what your true identity is in Jesus. Or maybe it's the enemy trying to stir up dissension. Maybe he's, you know, speaking ugly things about your spouse or about your roommate or about friends from church or someone in ministry or or about your boss. Something that's creating, stirring up dissension Maybe he's making accusations about your spouse or your friends or yourself. And so sometimes the root of our thoughts is a combination of all these things. Sometimes the the sources are old wounds 
And then they are also our self-centeredness. And then the enemy just puts heat on all of this stuff. And so we discover the root of it is it's not coming from the spirit. It's not governed from the spirit. So now that we're consciously aware of our thoughts and we've identified that these thoughts are not aligned with God's spirit, we need to take some intentional steps to cooperate with redeeming work of the spirit of God by bringing them to the light. And by the light, I mean his presence. And so I'm just going to leave you with with several ways to do this. And they're always found in these three places. His presence, his word, and his people. And they're all anchored in union and intimacy with Jesus. So we regularly put ourselves in his presence. This is the, the starting place of bringing all of these thoughts to light. We do this by praying, by journaling, by worshiping. We sit in his presence and soak in his love and let him tell you who you are. Let him speak truth to you. Let him do the deep work of digging up old lies and thoughts and beliefs that aren't true and getting rid of them by the roots and replacing them with truth. And then we immerse ourselves in the scriptures. And there's so many ways to do this. Um, There's so many great tools out there right now. And so now you have a little extra time on your hands. If you've never regularly immersed yourself in the scriptures, now's the time. I've been really enjoying the Bible Project lately. If you've never checked that out, I cannot recommend it enough. There's videos, there's word studies. They're so well done. um, And they're just so simple to follow. And there's actually, you can do a a read through the Bible in in a year plan if you want. You can get an app on your phone or check out the videos online, bibleproject.com. It's an excellent resource if you want to dig into the scriptures in a a really well-done way. But just find a way. Just start somewhere, reading through the Psalms, anywhere where you're just letting God's word begin to fill your mind and create truth. And let truth take root in your mind and your thoughts. And then finally, his people. Um, We discover God's grace and love and truth in the body of Christ among your brothers and sisters. And so oftentimes we're in our own heads and we can just get really clouded and confused and stuck in our own heads. And we need to get with other people and process and share what's going on. There's such power when we bring our stuff to the light with other people. And so um, for me, I, I have experienced this to be a very powerful work of the spirit in breaking down strongholds and setting us free from our bondage into a false narrative and bent thinking. And uh, this can be done in a variety of ways. You can find all kinds of freedom and clarity by receiving prayer from people, um, by working with a spiritual director, which I've been doing for years and years uh, through therapy, through a, a, a good therapist. Um, some of you are in uh, going through something called faith walking that many people in our church and, and throughout the Vineyard Movement are going through, and I cannot recommend that enough. Uh, if you've gone through the, the first step of the retreat, there's another uh, 201 starting in June, um, and then in the fall, we'll be starting another retreat 101, and that's a great place to walk through this over time uh, with other people. Or even just talking with a wise friend, even just picking up the phone, jumping on FaceTime, jumping on a Zoom call, and talking with some friends about what's plaguing your mind. And you'll be amazed how much uh, 
there's clarity and freedom and truth brought into those conversations when you get into a community with your brothers and sisters and share the things that are happening inside of you. So there's just so much power when we bring these broken thoughts to light, into the presence of God, soaking in his word, and into the presence of brothers and sisters. That is, Those are all ways that God speaks truth into these broken thoughts that we have. And so we, we need to learn to not just believe our thoughts. You've given your brain the authority to tell you who you are, and you need to give God the authority to tell you who you are. The pattern of this world is to find our identity, what is true about ourselves from things that have been said about us, from social media, from broken relationships, from our enemy. But we have been given the gift of the Holy Spirit who will transform us by the renewing of our mind. We just need to submit and follow his lead and cooperate with his agenda to set us free and lead us to a mind that is life and peace. Who are you going to let define truth and reality for you? I want to close just by reading the lyrics um, from the chorus of uh, Indigo Girls song. I don't know if you're familiar with the Indigo Girls but we were listening to them the other day while making breakfast and one of my favorite songs came on and it was actually a song that Dave and I danced to at our wedding. And so the song was actually written for more of um, like a marital relationship, but I really actually think the marriage relationship is just the most perfect picture of the kind of union and intimacy we are invited to have with Jesus. And so when I listened to these words, I thought, man, this just really speaks to what we're talking about today. And so I just want to read you part of the chorus. I would sing it for you, but I do not have a good singing voice. So I'll just read them to you. And I, and I thought this, this is just what the Spirit is singing to us when we're kind of stuck in our heads. It says, so we're okay. We're fine. Baby, I'm here to stop your crying. Chase all the ghosts from your head. I'm stronger than the monster beneath your bed. Smarter than the tricks played on your heart. We'll look at them together, then we'll take them apart. You, follower of Jesus, have the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit living in you. He's governing your thoughts and renewing your mind. And so the invitation today is to cooperate with his agenda to set you free. Get in his presence, get in his word, get with his people, get out of your head. Amen. I just want to close today kind of a prayer. I'm going to read a scripture over you. And this is actually the message version um, from Philippians 4, verses 8 and 9. Summing it all up, friends, I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious. The best, not the worst. The beautiful, not the ugly. Things to praise, not things to curse. Put into practice what you learned from me, what you heard and saw and realized. Do that, and God who makes everything work together will work you into his most excellent harmonies. Go in peace, Vineyard Milwaukee.